You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast, and we're talking about guidance by the Holy Spirit. I'm calling this series The Lamp of the Lord. There's a reason for that, because I want to show you that God's flashlight, His lamp, is your spirit. God is going to guide you through your spirit, not by things out here, not signs in the outward world. Yes, He did that in the Old Testament, but we have new equipment. We have experienced a major change. We have a new spirit with God's presence inside us, and it makes sense that He would lead us through that new spirit. Now, the major elements of our New Testament walk with God are foreshadowed somewhere in the Old Testament. For instance, uh, Passover. Jesus is the Passover lamb. He died on Passover. Uh, The shepherds in Bethlehem who came to witness his birth and came to the place where he had been born, they were the Passover shepherds. They kept a particular flock of sheep that were used as Passover lambs in Jerusalem. All the other sheep were kept elsewhere, but the rabbis permitted a small flock to be held around Bethlehem. And so it's why they were called to the birth of Christ, because it's only right that these shepherds see the birth of the fulfillment of the Passover lamb. Listen to Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. I'm reading from 26 translations. Do not then allow anyone to take you to task on questions of eating or drinking or in the matter of an annual or monthly or weekly festival. That was only a shadow of something that was to follow, but the reality is found in Christ. The Apostle Paul said it's foolishness for a Gentile to go back and keep the law of Moses. Loads of things we can learn about what God's done for us through the law of Moses, but we have a more complete law in the new covenant. And so all of those things are shadows. They are pictures, but the reality is in Christ. Now, you know, I remember when I went off to Bible college, I took a picture of my wife-to-be, Deliva, with me. What do you think she would have thought had I gone home, taken her on a date, and the whole time I pull out the picture and talk to the picture and I don't talk to her? That's that's what a lot of people do, that they're talking to the picture. They're looking backward to the Old Testament when they should be looking at the new, the reality, the thing that we have now in Christ. And so that's what God has done for us. But there are some things that we can learn from the Old Testament about the way we're led by God. And the leading of the Spirit is very closely tied to this thing called the breastplate of the high priest or the ephod, which contained the stones, the Urim and the Thummim. Now listen to Exodus chapter 28, verses 2, 3, and 4. Make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor. Tell all the skilled men to whom I've given wisdom in such matters that they are to make garments for Aaron for his consecration so that he may serve me as priest. These are the garments that they're to make, a breastpiece, 
an ephod, a robe, a woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. They are to make these sacred garments for your brother Aaron and his sons so that they may serve me as priests. All right, we're going to skip to verse 6. Make an ephod of gold and of blue and of purple and scarlet yarn and of finely twisted linen, the work of a skilled craftsman. It is to have two shoulder pieces attached to its corners so it can be fastened. The ephod was a sleeveless garment that would be worn over the tunic of the high priest and it was to hold the breast piece, which was a, a, a sequence of 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. All right, look at verse 15. Fashion a breast piece for making decisions, the work of a skilled craftsman. In other words, when the, the high priest would go to the ephod, wear the ephod, and ask questions, God would throw the stones in some way or another. Uh, maybe they glowed, I don't know. But somehow or another, God would say, this is what I want you to do. And there was a second set called the Urim and the Thummim. That means lights and perfections. And the lights and perfections were in, the stones were in the ephod in some way or another. They lit up or they vibrated. They're in some way, God used them to give Israel direction. Let me read uh, uh, chapter 28 and verse 30. Also put the Urim and the Thummim in the breastplate so that they may be over Aaron's heart. Where, whenever he enters the presence of the Lord, thus Aaron will always bear the means of making decisions for the Israelites over his heart before the Lord. I mean, in the Old Testament, the Scripture says that the priest is going to make the decisions that God would have him to make by something that's in his heart. That's the picture. The picture is, I'm going to guide you through the heart. You know, God gave uh, Moses direction to make headpieces for Aaron to wear. He didn't put the Urim and the Thummim in the headpiece, meaning that he's not going to guide us through our heads. He's going to have to guide us through our inward man, through our spirit. Now, I want to read to you this story of how David got guidance from the Urim and the Thummim on the ephod of the priest. What happened is David went through uh, the, the place where the priests were, and King Saul sent a man to kill all the priests. David saved some of these guys, and they came to follow him, and Abiathar brought the ephod, the sleeveless vest that went over the tunic and it had the breastplate with the 12 tribes of Israel represented by stones and the Urim and the Thummim. All right, now let's read this story. This is 1 Samuel chapter 30, beginning in verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag, that was their headquarters, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, they attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. And they had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed. 
For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, and every man for his sons and his daughters. Listen, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That's important. There are going to be times in your life that there is no human being who's going to encourage you. You, you won't find the right person to tell you what you need to hear. So what did David do? He strengthened himself in his God. You know, when David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, he was talking to himself. He was a master at strengthening himself in his God. So listen to how David proceeded after he came into this crisis. All right, this is 1 Samuel 30 and verse 7. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. Why would David want the ephod? Because the ephod was how God gave direction to the children of Israel. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? So apparently when a question was posed to the Urim and the Thummim, God signified by the yes stone and the no stone, what he wanted Israel to do. And so the answer was yes. Shall I overtake them? Pursue was the answer. For you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Now it is my belief that David asked these questions. Will I overtake them and will I without fail recover all? And the answer was yes. I think that's how they would go to the Urim and the Thummim. So listen to what the scripture says. Also put the Urim and the Thummim in the breastpiece so that they may be over Aaron's heart when he enters the presence of the Lord. Now that's how you get the mind of God. I remember praying about whether or not I was to use a certain piece of property to build Dry Gulch USA back in Thanksgiving 1985. And I knelt in our bedroom on a sofa and I prayed and got into the Spirit. I entered the presence of the Lord. And it was when I got into the presence of the Lord that I got the yes, this piece of property is the right place to build Dry Gulch USA. So that's how God leads. God leads with a yes and a no through the inward witness. It is the characteristic of the leading of the Holy Spirit, meaning that God's going to guide you more through the inward witness than He will with inward words. Sometimes we actually see the will of God. We see the plan of God. It comes to our minds and we can see it very clearly. But that's not the most common leading. God chose to use the most common leading as the way of guidance. And it's Romans 8, 16. For the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. In other words, bearing witness is the primary method of being led by the Holy Spirit. Yes, we can hear a voice. You can go looking for a witness, but you should never go to hear voices. Don't look to hear a voice because Satan will accommodate you when you try to hear a voice. When I have heard over the years the voice of God, I wasn't asking for a voice. I was asking for guidance and really putting questions before the Lord, looking for a witness. 
there were times that God gave me more than what I was asking for. He gave me more specific direction, and I heard His voice very clearly, but I didn't ask for it. And I would advise you to do the same thing. When you need to hear a voice, God can give you a voice. Typically, when God does speak to you in a voice, it's very minimal. He doesn't use a lot of words. People who have 30, 40-minute voices of the Lord, I'm a little suspicious of. But I do believe that God can and does speak to us all the time. It's all the time I have for today, but we're going to pick this back up after the weekend. So... Get out there and go to church this weekend, worship God, support your local church, and I'll see you on Monday. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people, so take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.